Welcome to Circuit and Gear, podcast about scenic automation and other cool tech. I'm Cody. I'm Christian. I'm Harry. And I'm Mike. Welcome to Machine. Well, welcome back, everybody. That's great to see you all again, or hear most of you and see Harry. Uh... <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> we should do a video next time. We tried that once with you. Your internet is not good enough for that. Oh, that was when my internet was really, really bad. It is yeah. better now. Because wasn't that was when you had the modem set wrong, right? You had it like set to like half a kilobyte I or something. I had it set wrong. I don't know. Thanks, Spectrum. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's yes, true. It's been it's been much better since I called and said I'm. I'm uh, canceling my service. And they were like, whoa, 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 wait mm. a minute. Maybe we can make it better. Yeah. <laughs> it takes some threats to get good service. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, because that was a couple months ago. But we start, tried to start that podcast like four times. Once it without was... the video. Then we're like, let's try it with a video. <laughs> and then we tried it with the video, and that didn't work. And we tried it again without the video. And I don't know why that one didn't work. But OK, you see us, and we'll not see you. That'll, maybe that'll be better. <laughs> I mean. There was it was also the dark days, Christian, where like I it didn't matter if there was video or not for me. My my internet would never upload the file. Oh, that's true right. too. Yeah, yeah. I always had to get it uh after the fact from like Basecamp. Right. Yeah. Or I'd have to go home and restart it where my <laughs> <So> awesome <laughs> where my awesome Fios would upload it in like three and a half seconds. <laughs> yeah. They're uh they're kinda great. That fiber, it's gonna be big gonna be big yeah in, in terms of recording quality we don't even have the sound blankets up but that's because there's so much finished products surrounding us that it's that's not true. possible to put the sound blankets yeah. up without somebody over some some, some inconsiderate person was just filling the annex full of finished products waiting to be shipped just been building so many stage hands too many too many so come buy them off our hands <laughs> and then we can have a recording studio back yeah <laughs> but anyway so welcome back to circuit and gear uh we have done a couple of really quick uh turnaround projects um in the past uh month or so the first one was the one i was working on was uh we had a request to run four uh not revolvers but revolver-esque machines off of a single stagehand on a big turntable Four or five horse yeah, power four or five horse motors, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so we were looking for um a large stagehand with four outputs, which is not totally unlike a thing we had previously done for um an art installation where it was just a manual control, but it was a large NEMA cabinet with a twenty horse drive and four outputs and overload protections, but this one. They wanted a spike mark control, so we had to adjust that design for uh, to include the card. Um, a slightly smarter controller, just as big though. Just as big, heavier though. This oh. one was heavier because more copper. Uh, more copper. The the this was a twenty. We eventually so it was a whole struggle because so <laughs> we did this whole project in like three weeks. Designed to machines to procured to built to shipped in about three weeks which is pretty fast for us um it is fast for us it's very fast and uh <laughs> it was quite the roller coaster ride of trying to get the things so the first big uh 
hurdle we had to overcome was what drive to use. So typically we can use uh, our normal five horse uh, stagehand to run two five horse revolvers um, and that works okay. So we wanted to make sure we had the overhead to be able to do four. So we wanted to be at a minimum of a 15 horse drive, but ideally 20, right? Cause then that's five horses divided by four motors. That's about yep. a 20. And then we can run it all normal duty. It's a, that's, yeah. that's how we do the, yes. the two to one, right? Is... Yeah. As opposed to light or super light, yeah. which works for those instances. But for something we're specifically designing to do it, it'd be better to have the overhead. Get all the horsies. Yeah. <laughs> get them while you can get them. Um, or go bigger. Mm -hmm. Why limit yourself to just 20 horse? Right. And so that a little foreshadowing there is. So Bobby reached out to, to, our, uh, to our vendor to get a quote for a 20 horse drive. And they're like, yep, got it on the shelf. It's whatever it costs. And then uh, we were waiting back to hear from the customer if they really wanted to do it. And the next day they said yes. And then Bobby went back and was like, okay, great. Let's place the order. And they're like, oh, it's gone. There's no more of these that exist in the world at the moment. And so that then started the uh, the great hunt for, for VFDs to be able to make this effect work. So we then broadened our, uh, our look. So we were looking from everything from a 15 horse all the way up to a 30 horse, because all of those should be able to do it, no problem. And um, eventually... Uh, after like the 12th random internet person Bobby called, uh, he found one 25 horse sitting in a sea container in Florida because the, whatever this company was, they were, they were moving spaces. So they had a, all their stuff was in sea containers. So, uh, he was like, great place the order. And then the next day get an email from, uh, from them confirming that they shipped it. And it all of a sudden it was now coming out of Vancouver, Canada. <laughs> That doesn't sound like Florida. At that point, everybody was a little bit nervous yes. about whether this is a real thing or not. And then a couple of days later, it eventually made it to Memphis, but then it would not clear customs because the customs agent thought it was like a motor, which has to be classified a different way. And so then it took like four days to get the paperwork cleared up because, again, this had to ship whenever it was, three weeks, two weeks, whatever. Last Friday. Was that it? Yeah, I think so. Beat it, but yeah. Yeah, last Friday. Yeah, but it was like all the days wasted of it sitting in Memphis. So I had to go from Florida through the Panama Canal up to Vancouver. Uh, yeah, cross the border. It was a Fifle goes west but yeah. east scenario. <laughs> exactly. But it eventually made it to us. And then uh, it is a 25-horse drive. I don't know if you've seen one of those in person, but it is not tiny uh, at all. They're big. And heavy. <laughs> so like to connect like the input power and the output to the motor, it's like a, a Phillips head, you know, screw typically. On the 25 horse, it was a bolt. It was a hex bolt that you had to use a socket to connect. And then it was some crazy torque spec for it too. But Like real bolt torque, not, not electrical mm -hmm. connection torque. Yeah, like tires on your car. Uh, but besides just the drive being big, also the... The circuit breaker, it's, you know, 150 amp circuit breaker. So it's, uh, you're not going to power that off of uh, a wall connection. It's a little larger than our norm. Yeah. Yeah. So we end up going with uh, cams right into it because uh, that'd be a big cable otherwise. <laughs> and then out of the cams, it's giant uh, one-aught cable into the breaker and then into the drive. And it's much larger than we typically work with. And uh, 
once you start getting to those larger conductor sizes, it is not flexible in any <laughs> sense of the word. <laughs> might as well be a plumber at that point, installing copper wi- or copper uh, pipes. <laughs> right. You need the conduit bender for the, the wire. Yeah. Or it's a, I feel like it is, there's a certain similarity to swaging large gauge aircraft cable but oh, probably that might be easier like three-eighths wire <laughs> rope probably yeah I mean, it's bigger than that so one yeah. knot's bigger than that so yeah good on lucas for yeah lucas get, did a great job he ate his wheaties <laughs> but now we got it for next time now we got it for next time so it's you could order it today and we would have the design <laughs> it'd be difficult to find you the drive it turns out but <laughs> that's yeah the, but vancouver yeah vancouver is the place to be i guess somewhere between florida and vancouver we'll find you a drive probably <laughs> how big christian what what was the dement what are the dimensions on that that enclosure it's pretty big yeah so yeah so we just used an off-the-shelf uh, nema enclosure for this and it's like 30 it's like 36 yeah i thought that by was like 40 something or 50 something yeah, it was like almost square. It was like 36 wide, 40 high. Something like that. 12 or 16 deep. It had to be more than a foot deep. It's more than a foot deep. Yeah, it was either 16 <laughs> or 18 inches deep. I will say, so this was the first like enclosure design I also did. So I did the electrical design, and then I also uh, did the enclosure design, and that's typically Harry or Cody or Gareth or I think it's those three who typically do enclosure designs. But um, so it was my first... Uh, First attempt at doing it in fusion. But I literally liked what you did on this one as opposed to the previous large horsepower NEMA enclosure that we've done because you took a lot of the like the low voltage connections and put them all onto a single plate um, oh, with yeah. pre-anodized aluminum so we could like laser all the markings on that. But also then it's just like a big rough, you know, you're going to... make a square. Yeah, because that's going to be like the machine shop just like roughing out square any square hole and then just put a four-hole pattern. And then you can kind of cap it with that exterior plate, get all the nice markings that we expected to be UL compliant. Because this was, we actually, this was 508A marked. Which is also exciting, right? For us, it's the... This is like what 508A is, is making <laughs> panels like this. And, yeah. And we finally got to do it. We don't do a lot of 508A NEMA enclosures, but when we do. It's exciting. Yeah. Now, now we're there. Um, so as I was making the design in Fusion, uh, you could definitely tell where I learned about a thing because then it just got better. So like half of the holes are just extruded circles. And then the other half of the holes are the actual hole tool. Which, I was like, you gotta start using the whole command, man. <laughs> which turns out you really want when you go to make those drawings, because yeah. you just press two buttons and then it's just a table with all of it done for you. Yeah, that was that was impressive to see because I, I actually honestly I think that's like a new feature in the last year and I don't even use the whole table that much. But on like the the, the back, back panel, panel, that was awesome. It had uh, it was like fifty two tapped holes. That that giant thing does not fit in the ha so. Breezy had to do it uh, by hand. <laughs> uh, luckily, it was all like number six or number eight, and it was number eight, I think. But yeah, so it was just one. It's like but, a, lot, a lot of hand layout, and then drill yeah. tap for the win. Yeah. Um, but then the the only thing I would change about the next time is I should probably put handles on it. That would be nice. Yeah. Or some lifting eyes or whatever. Something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, the ha- handles like you kind of almost need like four sets of four pairs yeah. of handles because it would be a, a rough two-man lift although the ones on top yeah but rigging points i think if you did it on like the two sides like one at the top one at the bottom on each of the sides mm-hmm. then two people could 
And it gives you a nice little bump cap for the connectors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Protect them. Things for next time. Yeah. But by the time you get everything wired in there, it's the wrong time to be putting uh, metal shavings <laughs> into the mix. So fair. Yeah. No holes, no, no handles on this one, but the next one. Totally. Because then, Mike, you used the original, right, on-site, the manual controller one. With I the, did. Uh, that one did that one have handles? I don't think so. I think when I when I got to when I got to the first tech stop, we just pulled the. I think we just stood it up on the pallet and okay. ratchet strapped it so it wouldn't tip over. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. 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 I guess that's really the only problem with the NEMA boxes. What is the orientation you would want it in, right? Because like can't really lean up against something because it's kind of tippy. You have connectors on. You know, the two sides, you have the cams on the one and four apprentice motor connectors on the other. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you, yeah, you could mount that back box, but like the panel is the so big that you can't just blast some holes outside of that. Like if it was inside enough, and it's like, yeah. It's like you really got to, you really got to have the, know exactly how it's going in ahead of time or you just, you get what you get. You put it on a, I guess you just lay, leave it on the pallet. <laughs> yeah. Because it's about pallet sized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It fits. It fits very nicely. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I guess that's probably uh, that's probably the answer. Is yeah. It's really easy to pallet jack your stage hands around. Yeah. <laughs> you could put two of them back to back, and then they self jack each other. <laughs> and Christian, they, so we had they were apprentice motor connections, right? And yeah. then yep. did we do? We just did like the classic Amphenol encoder, right? Yeah. Yes, that's a good point because it'd be a waste because this was, you know, dedicated spinning machine. So there's no limits to worry about. And um, so you, there's no reason to need uh, the IRC signal conductor or a signal cable with all those pins that do nothing. So went back to the uh, to our traditional Anthenol 7 pin, 8 pin, 6 pin. Yeah. Whatever it is. 7? I think it's 7. Yeah. Wait, no, yeah. I have no more questions because I honestly wasn't even involved in this, but like just backstory, like mm-hmm. this is this is running someone else's machine that ha- that runs what was the what's the backstory? Like do you do you know that? I think it was they didn't they get like a really good deal on it or they're like integrated into the turntable or Mike's got it. Do you know what Mike? Yeah. Yeah, they um I think it was uh I think it was it was a turntable, it was a pretty big turntable that had been built by somebody. And had, you know, had the four motors built into it. And um, and I think the folks who, if I remember right, it was originally driven from an original stagehand mini. Oh, okay. Um, and, and some, and whoever, the end user, I can't remember exactly who it was, but they had built their own 20 horsepower drive cabinet. Okay. Gotcha. Is this, was it, is it like chain drive or is it, what, what is it? No, no friction. Friction drive. Okay. So it's like, like four motors built into the surround platforms or like underneath the turntable itself or? I believe it's into the surround. So it's driving on the outside of the, on the outside edge of the turntable. Gotcha. Yeah. This just sparked my curiosity because like the whole five horsepower powering two is usually like, it works well with the friction drive when you're going to. At a certain point, you're gonna just slip on it. But like, if you're hard connected, then or it's like more out of it. Yeah, if you're geared, if you have like a geared turntable and you're, you know, wrapping chain on teeth or or gear to gear, then Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you'll get the full five, and you you probably want that on the drive side or, 
you'll be popping breakers a lot. Right. And that being why you can use two of our revolvers on a five horse stagehand, right? Because it's something, it's closer to like three. three. Yeah. Like what is it? Three, three and a half? Mike knows this number, like the back of the, in the back of his head. Yeah. Yeah. We can, we, we top out, like we'll spin the wheel out at about like the equivalent of like three and a half horsepower. Yeah. Gotcha. But so then, uh, so that was the, uh, the excitement there of the, uh, the three weeks to nothing to something. Yeah. I think it, it looked. I think it looked really nice. Like it was super clean. Yeah. Like there weren't any whoopsies holes, <laughs> air holes. There was <laughs> a whoopsie holes. holes on the inside, so you'll never know about it except if you listen to this. <laughs> it was nice. for uh, mounting the uh, power supply because it's uh, I don't know whatever the one we use. It's like it's great because we can use the single breaker and it meets all the five hundred eight A requirements. But it's a pain in the ass to try to mount it to things. And this is one of the chassis mount ones. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was always like that screw that. So it wasn't quite right. (laughs) So there's a bonus hole, but it's on the inside. You'll never know. Don't tell anybody for accessories, future, future expansion opportunities. Weight reduction. That too. Yes. Yeah. Cause it is a pretty, uh, pretty, uh, hefty, uh, hefty, uh, hefty thing. Because I think the drive alone weighs like 40 pounds. It's yeah. like the entire stagehand apprentice. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, More than. Lucas was uh, joking that uh, the drive alone like takes up the same amount of volume as the Pro 5. And it's like, yeah, that's <clears throat> probably close. It's uh, <laughs> it's not small. There's a lot going on in there. Yeah. Some really big capacitors in there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't touch that yeah. for like a few hours. Yeah, and by hours you mean days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but besides that, that crazy project, uh, there was also we were also building this uh, crazy custom weird little uh, spinner machine thing. Yeah, I, I I try to call it the pendulum effect, but I feel like it's been getting a lot of other names, like the swingy, swingy, swingy light guy, and <laughs> other fun stuff like that. Yeah, because that's yeah, yeah. Multi- ultimately what the effect kind of is. But uh, yeah, we got we got approached um, through some people we've worked with before, mm-hmm. um, but like by proxy of Boston Ballet uh, to do this effect where they wanted this long pendulum basically swinging back and forth with a LED light on the end of it, um, and. Uh, yeah, so we, we were trying to figure out how we could do it in like a less than a month turnaround. Um, right, and so it, would we end up with like four weeks, I think, for the... Yeah, like two weeks design, two weeks build. Yeah. Um, and then honestly, we, we kind of crushed it on the, the fabrication right. and the which, testing. We had like, which again, very vast for us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so it was... Uh, but it was, it was interesting because it's like a mechanical design project with like use as much of stuff we have on the shelf as possible. Right. And at the point uh, at the point that I came in, um, I was pretty knee deep on a few different projects, um, mm-hmm. and we were a little. And Cody was occupied with some other design stuff. Uh, can't remember exactly what, but uh, we were feeling pretty tapped on the on the design bandwidth front. Um, but uh, Brian Fausca, our new production manager, uh, is still working remotely from the Seattle area, so he was he was uh, willing to be pressed into service, uh, having you know been a TD uh, at a high high level regional theater for quite a while he's mm-hmm. he's more than up to the task and he's done a lot of mechanical design and it's he's done many more years of mechanical design than i have so <laughs> it was a it was a pleasure to you know to work with him i was kind of like helping guide mm-hmm. along the design parameters like being the eyes and ears on the ground here in the shop uh like right. well, here's what we got here's the things you got to work with and right because that was the biggest 
one for the timeline was these are the things we have, right? These are the weird motors we have. This is the weird shaft we have. This is the <laughs> right. whatever we have. And the rest of it will McMaster to victory. Right. Uh, right. Uh, so yeah, I think, I think, I think it turned out really well. I think he did a great job with the design and, um, turning it around pretty quick, which is, can always be tricky once you start to just really, you know, it's the devils in the details of all the connections and making sure things aren't trying to occupy the same space and you can get a wrench on all the bolts. Um, so what we ended up with Mm -hmm. was, let me try and loosely describe the machine, uh, with words. Uh, (laughs) it's, so it's got a fly on a baton in a fly house. The, the, the venue is the Boston Opera House. Um, and so we use, we have a bunch of this eight by five inch aluminum I beam. So we were thinking of using that for the spine mm-hmm. of the machine, um, sort of just like a structural base. Um, and then there's, we had a couple gear motors. We ended up boiling that down to one that had the better reduction ratio on the big beefy gearbox that mm-hmm. would take potential <laughs> shock loading. So that gear motors onto a secondary stage, uh, chain stage that goes to the pendulum. And then, so the pendulum is a big steel tube with another extension piece on it. Um, that's 26 feet long on one end and then six feet long on the other end. So the light goes on the 26 foot long end. And then we put a bunch of pipes with counterweights, um, on the far end the thought being there is like, we, wanted to do it on apprentice control because mm-hmm. and also it just makes the force requirement a lot lower to actually counterweight it so we've actually made a mechanical pendulum as opposed to trying to lift the pendulum right and i think wasn't and that was kind of like the once that idea was had i think it was yours right did you yeah it was like standing around the shop the one night yeah like we got the request and it was the night of like gareth and i were kind of like uh, we were like eh, this, i don't know if we could do it and then we we're like well we have all this like plate weight, which we use all the time for yeah. like shop testing and stuff. You're like, actually, we've gotten pretty good at attaching that to things to simulate <laughs> loads and or do stuff. So it's like, eh, why not just use that? So we, mm-hmm. you know, basically, yeah, using pipes on the on the short end and a bunch more weight, you know, to offset. It's basically just a lever. Um, and yeah, so so nominally the pendulum is always in balance. <laughs> as close as you can with, you know, plate weight increments, mm-hmm. but then there's a very negligible lifting force on it. And you're just asking the the gear motor to sort of move that balanced load. So not too dissimilar to like counterweight assist. Um, the only difference is it's all like self-contained to the machine. Um, right. So yeah, so that, uh, so that pendulum's just, you know, on a piece of shaft with a couple bearings on that I-beam. Um, and so that's basically making our seesaw that we're spinning around. Um, and it's a, uh... It's a normal off-the-shelf small little sprocket, right? To <laughs> yeah, do the no, spinny part? Not exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we just were like, you know, we, we were doing it with like whatever the the cheapest PT components that we could readily get, um, mm-hmm. and you know, just chain is something that's you know easily adjustable because we weren't sure exactly on the gearing, and you know, but we went for broke and tried to um, you know try to give ourselves the most torque possible with the I think it was a two, ended up being a two horsepower motor that we had. Um, and it, I think it controls the load really well. So it's going from like a 20 tooth sprocket to a 112 tooth sprocket on like number 50 chain, which is like eight. Uh, no, I think it's more like 26 inches in diameter. It's a, it's a really big sprocket. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yes. and, and then at some point we're like, oh, it kind of looks like a flying chainsaw. Like we've seen some show, <laughs> <laughs> some, some other theaters machines and we're like, maybe we shouldn't just put that up in the air around all the cables and soft goods. So we're like, oh, we should probably machine guard that. Don't so, touch that part. Yeah, yeah. So there's a there's like a little frame that goes around that that sort of like sockets on around the two sprockets and then some uh, polycarbonate on the other side just to protect the chain stage. Um, and then 
it just starts getting, you know, the, the, the layers of balancing on a pipe starts getting more wacky the more you go because, like, all of that pendulum is, like, cantilever downstage off the end of this relative to, like, the pipe where the pipe is. So the, mm-hmm. the tendency of that on a single pipe would be to roll. Okay. So then we have more pipes going upstage, like, on half burrows mm-hmm. that we stack more weight on to counterweight the upstage side of it so that, like, relative to the pipe center axis, we're, like, not tipping tippy canoe or rotating or anything. <laughs> so you just, like, have all these, like, pipes and weights everywhere, yeah. and it's just, like, this scale system. Uh, but it actually works really well. Uh, nice. I mean, we uh, – the whole the, – the lower section of the – tube at you might have clocked at 26 feet uh is longer than a single piece of tube steel so we're constrained by that what you could get in terms of tube but Mm -hmm. also what we can fit in our shop uh Mm -hmm. so we determined that like 19 foot was the largest piece we could actually test Mm -hmm. the move in our shop so that's like the main section which is a larger piece of tube and then there's a sleeved in lower portion that goes to the light so all these are you know just more details you got to figure out in like a really quick two-week design burn and i think uh and not send it flying as it goes spinning exactly and making sure you're like doing due diligence on rigging with appropriate uh design factors everywhere on all the hardware and stuff like that and i think he you know he rolled with the punches really well and caught a lot of things that you know i wasn't even thinking about and i was like oh great great stuff that you (laughs) the guy who works in a fly house for a long time has better you know perspective surprise surprise than i do um so yeah and i think and, and we ended up testing out in the shop and um that out of the box, I think it was really challenging because the it's so torquey just from that gear mm-hmm. motor on that high reduction. Because I think the the gear motor's outputting like eighty nine RPM, and then we're more or less five to oneing it, five point five to one down. So I think our output RPMs like twenty or we ended up our max speed I think at sixty hertz is like a hundred degrees per second. So it's very you know it's for for two horsepower that's a lot of torque. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were also worried about potentially shearing chain stages and and shaft, so we threw a torque limiter on the yeah. on the motor sprocket side. Um, so like if you if you just absolutely just send it full speed, like you can slip that torque limiter no problem, <laughs> which is you know potentially not great to lose position, but definitely better than breaking uh, powertrain components. So then we started getting into shop testing, and uh, we had this big long pendulum with this very torquey chain stage and. Uh, Kind of knew going in that was uh, might be a little challenging on the on the tuning front. Um, so mm-hmm. I I queried Mike with his uh, drive parameter knowledge how we could uh, <laughs> maybe anticipate some of those challenges. Right, because then the other thing too is like then this is on a D seven hundred, not an A eight hundred. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're you know we have five horse drive and we're capping that down to for a two horse um, and mostly really using the bottom forty percent of the speed. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, the one that ended up being really useful was Parameter 125, which was the... Overspeed. Which, speed. Ye, uh, it was... The, it's the... What is that? Scaling the... Spe- the uh, yeah, I guess it's the like speed, speed gain max or... Speed gain, yeah. Something like that. But yeah, like, it's yeah. the max in hertz. Yeah. Right? right. Right. Is what 125 drives. So, like... So, you can set it lower. It'll go slower at 100%. Yeah. Which I guess is the atypical application of it. But it's like scaling the speed command signal, right? Like, that's what it's yeah it's like what what it's what a hundred percent means to the drive right like so our 10 volt 10 volt is how many hertz five oh f- yeah i should know yeah, five <laughs> <laughs> whoa maybe we saw two problems <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll do that um yeah that made a huge difference um and we're just and then a few torque boosty things on the and playing with some brake parameters and uh yeah i got to 
pretty smooth motion. And then it's just playing with follow cues to kind of do that pendulum where you hit the apex and turn around and start heading the right other way. And you don't see that mm -hmm. pause or jitter or anything. Um, that's pretty good. But Bo will be on site tomorrow and we'll learn more about potentially the choreographer's desires, wants. Right, because wasn't it some... Well, and also backing that up for a second too, right? It's like the the de, the design intent for it was just like a pen swinging. Oh yeah, that's this is one of the best <laughs> design drawings, not drawings, uh, videos we got was like a nine second clip of like the model box and the designer swinging a pencil back and forth. <laughs> it's really like the stuff you want to build. Uh, potentially, uh, I don't know, overhead machines based on. <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to turn into it that but um i we we try to be informed by like what the natural frequency of a pendulum of that length would be i think brian mm, mentioned gotcha. that and that was useful i was like oh that's actually probably much slower um so we have the capacity to go really fast but we'll see if they want natural then it'd probably be more you know could go 100 inches 100 degrees per second or it could go 10 degrees per second would probably be more like real gotcha and bo will find out soon enough indeed stay tuned don't literally stay on this podcast until a month from now. But like, <laughs> no, just keep replaying this one until the next one. Uh, but uh, continuing the trend of you know spinning giant turntables on twenty-five horse motors or uh, crazy pendulums with crazy weight uh, balance things to uh, lots of uh, tech support for some turntable stuff, right, Mike? Oh my God, it's just another month with more more turntables. Um, yeah, it's, uh, we, you know, we had, uh, we had somebody down in DC had a turntable with, um, they were running a turntable. It's on a rake. Okay. And, um, mm. and it's not super big. It was like, I think like 24 foot or something like that diameter. Okay. And, um, and they, they, from the start were like, you know, this seems too weird. Like maybe we should put two, you know, maybe we should get two, two revolvers on here. Mm -hmm. And we we're like, yeah, that sounds, sounds like a great plan. Because two revolvers is going to make the turntable move, right? It's cool, um, and uh, and there was uh, there was some shenanigans at the beginning, just getting the stuff together and get everything working. But then then things started, you know, they they were in tech and they were running things and uh, seemed okay. Um, and we got a, we got a phone call like I don't know, like the night before their first tech with the actors, they were like, hey, so it's doing weird things. It's like after dinner break it wouldn't start spinning on its own mm. and and then like and then if we take and then if we wait for some like extended amount of time it it won't won't start spinning but it'll only not start spinning in like you know under like a couple of conditions but then other times it's totally fine it was like that's what's going like, on <laughs> well it sounds like you got it sounds like the wheels are too squishy Right. And mm -hmm. so the turntable, the weight of the turntable is like hanging out on the wheels and flattening them out. And then it just can't overcome for whatever reason that mm -hmm. we were back and forth a couple times. And then, uh, and then, and then they popped open the, the floor to be like, okay, what's up with the, you know, wheels? We'll get some stuff. Um, oh, and I think we also, they also changed out to a six inch drive wheel. Okay. But I think all of this kind of happened at the same time. Um, they popped up in the, you know, the the surround and looked at the wheels underneath and and everything was in perfect shape. Like nothing, they're not, you know, they're not like super soft rubber, mm -hmm. like those blue Colson wheels. Or, mm -hmm. um, 
you know, they were like totally legit polyurethane wheels that were big enough in diameter. And I was like, what the actual fuck uh -huh. is going on? Because like, because this is like, that is exactly the thing that we have come across before. Right. Well, I guess a couple of days later, fast forward a couple of days, mm -hmm. where it's still like not perfect. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, uh, and it turned out that actually that challenge was because there was a parameter that wasn't set properly um i haven't that sucks yeah <laughs> yeah and like but in, yeah yeah it's like motherfucker like what is that like ah such a bummer um but but they got it going which is great and everything right. seems to be working which is at least you know which is at least a positive outcome what a what parameter was it you know, I don't know because I oh, haven't okay. connected with him yet. Gotcha. Because we've tried and have played a little phone tag and haven't wow. made it happen. Gotcha. Um, this all, you know, came around in the heat of the moment of like another turntable shenanigans. Right. And going to USITT. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, so onto, onto another one that we, um, we had sold, we sold somebody, we sold a, I think a high school in Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, a pivot because they were going to make their own turntable okay and they did successfully make their own turntable nice. but they and they bought a pivot which is great. super great um do you know and um, if they used the turntable template they didn't they oh. built like um they just built it like platforms oh, okay. like framed out gotcha two by four or something um they didn't use the turntable template yeah i guess i don't think they knew about it or they were they were unsure i think they had my hunch is mm -hmm. Is that they had a parent who was a you know who was like a, a contractor gotcha and so you know so they were like well we'll build the show mm -hmm. um but uh but zep was let's see i think zep started the tech support with them and it was like and it was it was not going super great mm -hmm. there was like lots of questions and lots of panic and lots of things happening and so eventually i <laughs> eventually i answered the phone because i was on call, I think. Okay. And, um, and I was like, the words that you're saying are definitely not like, none of this is, this isn't adding up. Like two plus two is equaling <laughs> nine or uh -huh. something, you know? <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and so I was like, okay, how about we do like a video call? How about I like, maybe we can, yeah, yeah, yeah. we can get to the bottom of yep. like some of these things. Cause some of these, some of these questions are it's faster I to just look at it. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're missing. I think there's a communication gap, right? Yeah. And so, you know, so I get, I, I got on a video call with them at, I don't know what time it was. It was like maybe five thirty, six o'clock. Okay. Back mm -hmm. here on the East Coast, mm -hmm. and um, and I was on the phone trying to get, and in the end, we managed to get everything spinning, which was super great. Right. But it was like ninety minutes. Cool. Of of time and it was everything from you know they they were uh they had bumped into all manner of all manner of challenges like mm -hmm. not not having things connected to the correct pieces okay. um fortunately there was not an ip address problem but they were you know like <laughs> they they hadn't connected well, we didn't find out that there wasn't an ip address problem until we actually connected all the network <laughs> devices um, set them all to the same, and, right? And then plugged, yeah, exactly. And then plugged in, and then we actually put power to the uh, network switch. So that too oh, is important. Yeah. Um, 
That'll get and you. yeah, and it was, I mean, it was just like a long list of them. And we finally right. got the turntable in. <laughs> it was like, I was like, great. So the revolver spins. And they were like, yeah, it was like, awesome. You know, tension it, go with God. Uh-huh. You're there. <laughs> and they were like, well, we did tension it. But you said it's not spinning. Yeah, it's not the wheels just moving. Like, well, can you tension anymore? No, the revolver's just moving. Is the revolver bolted to the floor? <laughs> oh, no, we haven't done that yet. Well, that's going to come up. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Loosen those bolt, loosen those nuts all the way out. Push that thing up against the turntable and let's and bolt that thing down and then call me back. <laughs> um, and then we got to the end there and it turned out that so that that got attached. But then um, the encoder from the pivot. So if you don't know, the pivot has a mount for the TR3 encoder. Um, so it can encode right off the center with a fancy little pinion gear on a pretty giant sprocket there. So the positioning is is dead on every time. Every time doesn't matter the um, size. Yeah, right. It's always one thousand one hundred and eleven. Yeah, point one one. Yeah. But um, uh, but they were getting no encoder feedback, and I was like, "Wow, what's going on? That's what's not happening." Right. Yeah. No, no, and then so. So then a little bit more shenanigans. We got to the end. We had sent them, we had sent them a, an encoder, an, like a rental encoder kit with uh-huh. a pivot okay. uh, for a whole host of reasons. That's how it happened. But that included yep. an adapter to go from the little M12 connection to an Amphenol cable. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so they had plugged all that in and they were standing, you know, and like, well, where's the other end of this? Like, where do I plug this Amphenol connector oh, in? Uh-huh, mm. And there's no Amphenol or, connector yeah. on a revolver or on an apprentice. Uh-huh. <clears throat> right. Um, so with a little bit more video calling and shenanigans happening, we managed to eventually get down to the fact that like, oh, just unplug that one and then plug those two together. Cool. Put in this, you know, put in this position scale. Let's try and run it. And it was going, and their turntable went like like thirty degrees and stopped. That's not right. I was like, I was like, all right, this something that doesn't seem quite right. Let's let's do a position scale. So we position scaled, mm-hmm. and that position scale was it was like two hundred. Oh yeah, counts crazy. per degree. That's that's bad. And I was like, wait a minute, like what? There's something is really wrong, right? And mm-hmm. so we got to the. Um, so eventually then we kind of ran out of time. They were trying to rehearse, you know, it was yeah. like fucking like whatever time, 7.30. And I was like, okay, now it's time. Let's connect tomorrow. Um, and then that night I was like chatting with, I was pinging with Zep about like what was going on with it. Mm-hmm. And and it occurred to me, and I put in the, it occurred to me that that position scale seemed like really, really wrong. Like what, <laughs> what the fuck happened, right? Like, right. And I punched into my little spreadsheet for my, you know, my position scale calculator. Yep. What if somebody was to leave the wheel on mm. the TR3 and run it along the edge of that sprocket? Yeah. <laughs> and what well, did you get? Interesting, interestingly, the uh, math works out to just about the position yeah. scale. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Yeah. And so it was like, oh my goodness, like how, you know, wherever, like whatever, whatever path, whatever miscommunication happened there, it was like, okay, well, we can't get to the pivot anymore because it was buried under the turntable. Right. And there was no way to get to it. So I think in the end, the next day, Zap, I think he managed, he got back on the phone with them and 
redid it with um in like a stroke of luck we had sent a rental revolver that also had an encoder on it oh mm -hmm. nice Go so off. we had an encoder uh -huh. that was not you know was not Buried. trapped underneath yeah. the turntable and so we managed to <laughs> zep managed to get them rolling with the you know with the encoder just off of the revolver but oh my god it was like one thing after another it was such a it was such a moment of of just like chaos in mm -hmm. trying to get to the end of like what 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 did we miss right and how do we and how do we make this situation not happen again because man it wasn't pleasant for anybody <laughs> yeah um Opinion you know i small, mean but it's going to be important yeah right right but you know and then even the whole bit of it like just coming down to like you know how do we get to that end anyway it was uh it was i realized that this was a very long way around to say that it sucked and then it was better but it was also i think between zepp and i we spent probably like probably close to six hours on the phone with them trouble trying to get it steps. to work yeah i think part of the interesting thing there too though is like the how useful the video call ended up being right it's like the actually being able to see and point out the things yeah the the video calls and the screen sharings have turned out on the tech support front especially on the like the really weird ones mm -hmm. have turned out to be uh extraordinarily beneficial i think you know just getting to the end as quick as we can mm -hmm. we did it christian you me and cody right i think we we hot on a video call with some people in south korea like two and yeah. a half years ago right yeah yeah <laughs> yeah cody you were supposed to fly there and then that didn't happen yeah and, uh, yeah i had yeah plane tickets booked for february 2020 or like march 2020 yeah <laughs> and you know you wouldn't know the darndest thing occurred <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, but actually being able there and being able to see the things that's super helpful because we also did the for the Creo one at least was uh, we used FR configurator to be able to actually or I guess MR for the yeah, MR. Yeah, it's all yeah. yeah for the to see what was actually going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a cool one. That and after all the back and forth, and you know there was a language barrier and stuff. Um, to some extent, that was a bit of a problem. And then once we got on the video call with them, they said, oh, well, we can't spin it right now because they they're they just installed the ceiling and they're touching it up. And they like panned up and they're like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> when was it working last? They're like the day before last. I'm like, when did they install the ceiling? You're like yesterday. You're like, interesting. Oh, I installed the, <laughs> install the ceiling. You mean attached drywall? Two with like twelve metal inch studs. screws. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Through the cable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And dexters. without that little key, that key little like, oh, we know what happened. <laughs> right. Right. It's those Seems like... I don't know, those non consequential things to other yeah. people turn out. It's like that that was the thing. You also get that you get that offhanded comment that's not like a crafted email that's like, Oh yeah, yeah. they just put it up yesterday. And you're like oh yeah mm. that's the problem yeah right when you don't know which questions to ask and then they it is revealed to you <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i think you even you said it a little bit there mike but like so the the 25 horse stage in that quick design time the boston ballet that quick design time all your fun turntable woes 
Like <laughs> a lot of that was also happening at the same time. All of us were at USET this year. Right. It, there were a lot of us who went this time. There was. We were all in DS. Yeah, quite, yeah. quite the gang of us. Yeah. Eat at one point, in fact. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. It was way right, too many people was... for the booth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Had to take turns standing in it. Yeah. That was great. It was good to see people, and, and it was great to show off new gear. There was a lot of it. Yeah, everybody seemed super excited about the, the new Spotline, Split A cell, D cell, Pivot, Trajectory Graph. Yeah. Lots of stuff. And it was like this really nice like bang, bang, bang where you could be like, and here's a Spotline V2. And now it's running on the, on the Stagehand Pro 5 running with, gives you split ACLD yeah. cell. And here you can see it in, in the stage. In yeah, the, that was really cool. Mark right there. No <laughs> matter where you started, whether it was like talking about the machine, talking about the software or talking about the control, it easily fed into the next new thing. Yeah. Right. And everyone was, seemed pretty jazzed about all those things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was cool to talk to like some longtime customers that came by the booth and said hey and we got to show them off the new the what the new new is going to be and what all the exciting stuff we've been working on and then you know some of the you know our competitors seems aggressive yeah. some of our compatriots <laughs> in the industry uh-huh. also came by and seemed pretty stoked and that was also kind of fun too because you kind of USITT always feels like a fun time to like you know like a you show me yours you show me my you know like yeah. we do a little like, yeah some of the folks over at NISCON came by the booth and we talked them through that new stuff and they're like, Hey, you want to come over and check out our stuff? Like, yeah, sure. Totally. This is cool. Like, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, it was great. It was cool. It was, it was, uh, certainly a step up in just like hustle and bustle and people and activity from, uh, Baltimore last year as well. Like just, Oh yeah. It went lots... back to feeling like a show floor where it was just busy. right. Yeah. Lots of students, lots of like interest. Um, yeah, it was cool. It was a great real conference, and a few and of us had some sessions. Yeah, you and Harry had one, right? Yeah, we talked about yep. slip rings. Some people came to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out the last hour that the show floor is open on Saturday, not a good time for a session. <laughs> yeah. But the folks who came were very interested, so I, I got to shout out to them. Right. That's great. Yeah. Because you, you were showing it off there that the day before in the booth, Cody, your uh, world's tiniest little uh, slip ring. It's true. We brought we bought brought both the pivot up there and uh, the tiniest little cute slip ring, uh, trying to you know illustrate some some scale. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the little one was much easier to carry upstairs than the. <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun too because like you just walked over, picked up the pivot, and walked away, and then it was like the. You know, people in the booth are like, they're stealing your stuff. Well, <laughs> right. well the, first, the best comment we got going there was some guy just walked by and said, oh, man, the swag's getting better this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then we actually sold that one off at the end of uh, the, the last day as we were, like, striking the booth. And some guys just come up and walk away with it. And I was like, I think we're getting mugged right now. Oh, no, wait, no, no, no. Yeah. sorry, sorry. They're customers. Right. <laughs> they paid yeah. for that. that. That's theirs. Yeah. 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 That was a funny one because that was the folks over at FSU. Like they came by the booth. We were talking about it. We were like, I think this one will be yours because yeah. we were like thinking about what was in the production hopper. And I was like, I think this is the one that's on the shelf that you're getting. You know, I think we have yeah. like uh, sold a few of them and, you know, some are built out, but that was the first one going out. And then I think there was that aha moment of like, well, you're standing here and I'm standing here and this is yours. Like, <laughs> Would you like to take it on your truck? Yeah. Yeah. 
it doesn't have to come home to Rhode Island to be blessed. Then go in a box <laughs> and go to, right. go to you guys back in the box that we were gonna put it in, and then yeah, well, we'll ship it to Vancouver, yeah. and then it can go to Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's get customs involved. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's pretend it's a motor. It's get a motor. Stuck yeah. in a Memphis for a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. So we came back with less load. That was nice. Yeah. We were releasing a bunch of new stuff, uh, which we were all really jazzed about. Um, yeah. and, but then kind of seemed similarly, uh, a bunch of other folks were all showing off some very cool stuff as well. Like, I mean, yeah, between, I mean, specifically in the automation world, you know, the Niscon folks had that, uh, uh I'm going to butcher it. Nove, 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 Something Nuve. like that. It's an Nove, Nove, It's like, it their new like Raynock iteration. Yeah. That was cool. New Raynock. Uh, new Raynock. Uh, and then the Wanger folks had some cool stuff. And we all kind of traded, like, show me your cool stuff. You'll show you my cool stuff. And then, you know, yeah. other cool hardware throughout the building, too. Like, saw some unwelded mod trust that was very neat. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, four is the. Uh, oh, yeah. Got to talk to those guys. They're doing some really cool. Um, it's kind of like taking your logs to the next level where it's uh right integrates like the video feed the network and then all the network traffic and uh like comms so you can scroll back through the video to see where the thing didn't go right and see everything that was happening so you know was it called wrong was the operator did they press the go button at the wrong time or was there the network message funky or you know it's like giving you a con- like a, any combination of all of that yeah consolidated log right. for your whole all your show files yeah right very cool right because it incorporates yeah. everything from video sound lights automation it pretty cool yeah that's some yeah cool conversations yeah. with them about uh some uh, a potential uh, spike mark integration which would right. be cool yeah, I met them at a house party. Uh, well, I would say house party sounds aggressive. Uh, I met <laughs> my friend's house. I think it sounds very collegiate. Call it uh, spade. Uh, I mean, there was beer involved uh, for sure. Uh, and I was like, oh, that does sound cool. We should chat. And then, you know, time gets away from you. And you're like, wait, USITT is coming up. Yeah. We should actually chat. Yeah. And it was really cool um, to actually be able to see it because, like, I don't know. Right. Just hearing the words of it, it's harder to contextualize, but then actually getting to see it, you're like, the, oh, this is very cool. I can see how this is super useful. Right. Yeah. I have lighting friends that use it like religiously for like archival purposes of just mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. here's the video of the show from the last space, or, you know, like if it's a pre Broadway moving forward, like, yeah. here's just like what the look was and what lighting cue are in and what you know the set looks like and Uh you're like oh yeah and that would be also sweet if you could also see the automation cue and you know and the sound and the right everything everything all together yeah this was pretty cool so if you haven't checked out vor vor i i don't think i think it's like get vor dot app i don't know you can look it up yeah so that was cool i didn't actually end up making it over there uh (laughs) which is funny because yeah because you were the one they uh you talked to them. <laughs> I talked to them, and then I cc'd you on the email, and you were like, "What? What did you cc me to?" I was like, "It's cool." What is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but uh, you were you were at USITD for a little longer than uh. Than yeah, I was there now. a day before you guys. But yeah, and it was in St. Louis, and that's cool. Uh, because yeah. I went to college in St. Louis, so I got to see a bunch of Webster folks. Went to a alumni thing. That was neat. Made me feel a little old. 
but it was an open bar. So that is that you overcome those. Uh, yeah, you don't care about that quickly. so much anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You move on from I that. I can drink that feeling away. Yeah. Um, it was less culty than the Yale alumni event that we uh, crashed. That's true. It was not as welcoming as I was hoping. It was a very fancy room. The room alone was uh, imposing. Yeah. It was very dark and candlelit. And I was like, when do the yeah. seances start? <laughs> and everyone seemed <laughs> to know each other. Yeah. That. And everybody knew each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Outsiders. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're going to slaughter the, <laughs> sacrifice the blood of an outsider. I'm not trying to be here for all that. <laughs> Come on. It'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, USMC was great. Uh, if you guys, if any of y'all swung by the booth, uh, it was nice to meet you. Yeah. Um, Hoping you're liking the shirts. They're pretty great. Oh, yeah. that's The shirts were a hit. Uh, by the time I got there. <laughs> you were too scared. <laughs> uh, the Spotline shirts were all gone. And as the person who designed the Spotline and the shirt for the Spotline, I was pretty stoked no to get one. shirt for you. <laughs> <laughs> you so. Just order a small batch for yourself. <laughs> I think we are. I think we I think are going to be more. an internal yeah. round. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah, I want some too. Um, we even had some folks come by the booth on like the last day that were like, hey, if you're trying to get rid of any extra shirts, and we're yeah. like, we are not. There are no shirts. The shirts are gone. So yeah. hopefully whatever we design up next year has cool shirts. Maybe I'll get some of those. <laughs> Maybe. We could do some mid-year shirts. Product Summit 2023 shirts. <laughs> Just propose but that's what products. it says on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, vaporware that yeah. we don't do. Oh, mm-hmm. no. I feel like the, the thing that is actually going to go, though, is the uh, the new mouse pads. Oh, very Just tease that, that a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> because the first ones did not pan out. No, not at all. Yeah. We were hoping to redesign the mouse pads, the CCI mouse pads. Uh, the v1 has a lot of like calculations and also a couple shortcuts um Mm -hmm. for various things of very of interest varying interest to many of you know some people just use the shortcuts some people use the calcs uh i would say a few use the calcs uh is the feedback i've received or worse even more like worse off is someone wants to dispute with me the validity of some of the calcs uh (laughs) And what, you know, ampacity ratings for what cable we use or what, you know, uh, safety factor we use on aircraft cable or uh-huh. you know, for some mouse pad that I did not have anything to do with. Uh, <laughs> very few of us had anything to do with. Um, and so we're like, you know, what we could do is redesign it to have all the spike um, mark statuses, spike mark st- status icons, yeah. um, as well as all the new shortcuts, because there's now far more shortcuts than um when it was first made yeah it's a really cool mouse pad like the like the concept for it and the uh the original like while it's still a pdf (laughs) it looks fantastic when it's it's on the screen it looks great and then when printed looks like just hot garbage yeah uh the print the we tried out some new mouse pad printers uh and even after two cracks yeah they still looked pretty terrible yeah so the goal is at some point to to go back to the old trusted uh mouse pad printer that they were like i don't know i think it was just a time problem right is we just didn't have enough time for the other one we yeah. we had gareth and i had hubris we were like <laughs> we're not gonna go with the old folks that's who we bought mouse pads from 10 years ago <laughs> surely these other people will nail it and be way faster um and 
And that uh, we were wrong. Case. Yeah. Didn't nope, didn't go our way. So we'll go back to the old gold and get those mouse pads out at some point. I'm sure. <laughs> you see them across the industry. They just show up everywhere. Yeah. People yeah. like them. Yeah. I have a small little stack of them that I have accrued of just, oh, I need a mouse pad. Oh, I need a mouse pad. Oh, I need a mouse pad. <laughs> Maybe I've got most of them that are left in this world. <laughs> uh, bonus trivia round what are your five favorite on-site tools <laughs> seamless transition um, so I think the biggest one most important laptop mm. <laughs> do, you, do you qualify that as a tool uh, wait hold up, hold up hold up hold up and follow up question does it go in your on-site bag or your backpack well I mean I take my backpack on-site so I think I think we're gonna veto laptop. Rude. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if you want to get into those semantics, Christian doesn't bring an on-site bag. He only ever brings a, a pelican my case. Pelican. So there's no bag involved. Which also is all my tools. <laughs> yeah. It's a big enough pelican. Because uh, he was telling me it needs to be an oversized bag. There's no option that's under fifty pounds. Correct. It's like sixty. My typical pack yes. is like sixty. That is the trouble with the larger pelican. I've consulted he, and he doesn't even have a larger one. He I just do. has a right. Oh, yours? But yeah. You... I have both. Oh, okay. I have the carry-on sized one. Yeah. But then I also got the bigger one. But gotcha. I even Sorry. stuffed the carry-on one to 60 pounds. <laughs> but, but Cody, you're going somewhere. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, I can't. I can't. If I went to the bigger size, if I fit more tools in it, it's, oh, it's too heavy. Uh-huh. And it's unwieldy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I usually end up trimming back so that mm. i can like if i if i'm struggling to stuff it into my pelican it means it'll be overweight yes and unless i have a That's really like, compelling reason that i need 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 something specific yeah i'll, I'll dump some stuff out my good... problem is i just i feel like i need both of my flukes though the heat and gun? you know that how i know that's wrong <laughs> is because no one else has the other one <laughs> wait is it the heat gun or the other one the the multimeter thermal camera and just my normal fluke <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Uh you just need the normal flu. Uh <laughs> yeah, need <laughs> but want strongly. Right. I, I feel like I need both. The funny thing about the thermal camera is it is cool. It is interesting. <laughs> but it's normally in the the realms of how heat is important to us is you go, "Oh fuck, that's hot." <laughs> yeah, and then exactly. you turn it off. <laughs> Versus you're like you're like, "Oh fuck, that's hot. Let me get my tool." <laughs> Let me then, find out how hot. Uh, how it- hot? Put some e-tape on it. Oh, it's over 220 degrees. Shit. That's smoking. Yeah. <laughs> turn it off. Turn it off. Turn it off. <laughs> yeah. Anytime I talk to a real mechanical engineer and I describe what I do, they're like, oh, so you do like a lot of heat transfer stuff. I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It's a cold theater. What are you talking about? If it's hot, we got problems. <laughs> right. Or just don't touch it. Hot. Yeah. That's what we put the sticker on for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We got the stickers now. I was I had a good uh for five top tools yeah, yeah, uh, go for a good it. response for that was going to be portaband sawzall dremel <laughs> uh grinder with a cutoff wheel and last horizontal bandsaw. Uh right. you mean a spotline mini opening tool. <laughs> that was the dremel. Uh, not dremel. Yeah. yeah, I just did five cutting tools, that's right. No, I think it's a uh, uh, Han um Han D removal tool. That one super Huge. important. Huge. Han D crimper. Yes. Multimeter. Yes. Um, set of Weeha screwdrivers and a tool check. Yeah, I think you've kind of, that's pretty darn distilled. 
I, I back all those. What do you got, Cody? Actually, Cody's set of Weeha screwdrivers because he you the biggest the, set. No, but it, it's the most versatile one with the extending ones. Or yeah, those are pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. The going on the the Weeha screwdriver set. Mm-hmm. I have the Weeha drive lock set that has yeah. the like extendable, replaceable ends. So I have two handles and mm-hmm. then like the full set of uh, metric and imperial allen key heads as yep. well as the nut drivers um for metric and imperial so i have like a whole little like kit a little roll-up yeah. kit and the normal uh, screwdrivers like normal and uh, and normal phillips yeah. and flathead and yeah all the way from like you know number two down to the tiny stuff yeah um that one i would say like that is my have to bring it no matter what yeah. sort of tool um and then after that i mean the the han pin removal mm-hmm. is huge yeah uh, I will admit to you, I don't have a set of the crimpers in my toolbox. I usually uh, which steal is, the shop one. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's been in my cart several different times. That's been like I just need to get one because you know, best case scenario, one is loose and or a phase needs to be swapped, and that's why the pin removal is critical. Right. Like, oh, if it's a little loose, right. seat it, reseat it. But once you pull it out and you realize that it's got a bad crimp or something's frayed you're like okay cool yeah i can do no more uh yeah. <laughs> so it's that the little problem. the little retaining collar that's the thing mm-hmm. that goes mm-hmm. and then you're yeah. like well clipping and crimp yeah. and crimping yeah but tool check i think that the the weira tool check plus that's a a standard yeah uh for us especially like any small little the metric uh, or the imperial or go um, to gareth method and actually just pick the ones that work or like the right tools and you just make the one combined oh you mix and match i the only thing yeah. i don't like is they do have the the little markers on the socket now that you the sockets are like the least used portion of that <laughs> device for me yeah. but still like if they're not do you remark it like what do you do i mean i think mm. you just go by what the socket says That's it's fair. kind of already marked yeah. right there yeah. okay yeah. you and your facts <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do the i do the imperial and then I did replace like all the, I think, I don't know if it's all the torques and the Robertson, like oh, uh-huh. a bunch of the inserts are, so I have the Allen key sizes for metric. And but what is it though? It's, uh, is it a T15, a T10 that you need for the uh, true one? Oh, oh that one's tiny. a bummer. <laughs> I've kept that one. I don't know what it is. It's a it's, Torx. No, it's like, it's yeah. it's stupidly small. Yeah, because I did it but the it other day. But it is a Torx. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a Torx. But all the ones I have are the security Torx, which are have the little pinhole, which yeah. always makes me feel very nervous about how dainty. Like, there's is. just not enough yeah. material there yeah. that I'm yeah. surely going to shear one off. Yeah, um, I mean, in the heat of the moment, like those Torx definitely fit certain metric sizes. And, you know, if it fits, <laughs> it ships. <laughs> yeah. And then the one thing that I would say I always want to bring is just a vice grip because it doesn't matter what if i don't have any of the other options uh-huh of ice grip will get it off like yeah. <laughs> that's true <laughs> like, you, you need like, like the yeah. right is it like is it a nipex vice grip is it like a tiny needle nose one it's like mm-hmm. it's never it's never that's the true. one i have in my bag i normally have the very small one uh because it's always those shitty 1032 nuts that blow oh like, yeah like, that get stripped and then you're like all right well let me let me get a let me get a hand on it. Um, yeah. Or like if you blo- if you like blow the um, like the 1032 button heads strip super easily. Yeah. And then you're trying to like grab the edge of the round to like yeah 
don't, get it don't open. Don't even get me tar- started on those 440 button heads. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The 16th inch Allen key. None, none too fun. I would say those are probably my go-tos. Oh, yeah, and then I say the multimeter. A little fluke you multimeter. Just I don't need think I have, yeah. I don't have a very fancy one. I think I even have uh, on my standard multimeter, I think I have a lower uh, tier. No, don't you have the 117? Can I do current? Yeah, I do have the 117. Is yeah. that what you have? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's like the yeah. That's the one. That's the one to have. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but you should splurge. Needle probes. The price is exorbitant, but you do want the little roll-up kit that gives you. Oh, yeah. The fine needle nose, uh, pins and the clamps. And actually, and that's huge. Wait, which was the which was the uh, the multimeter? You? It's like it's the one seventeen. Okay. The Fluke one seventeen, I think, is the and, is the one that. Yeah. I'm adding some things to my Amazon cart. Yeah. As we speak. <laughs> but uh but yeah, no, I splurged past the kit with the add-on that you just stick onto the onto the normal leads for the needle probe to mm-hmm. the actual just needle probe probes. Yeah. They're like just as much as the kit for just the probes, but Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. The kit comes with those though, don't they? No. It comes with just the okay. add-on. It's like so instead of using like the the fat tipped ones mm-hmm. it's like the fine tip ones but it's like but mm. that's like into the connector and it plugs right in oh nice right. yeah and i'm seeing not that i i get no residuals for this but they're doing a, a 117 323 kit that you get the the clamp on one with the, the oh, i want the new clamp one that does mm. uh, i can do the voltage through the clamp right yeah that gareth got one. when we were out in california yeah that's hot yeah that one is hot. It's really cool. Especially when you're doing like yeah. anything like permanent, like hardwired. Especially, yeah, with either the input currents or, you know, sometimes dicey trying to like, there should be power here. Where is it? <laughs> yeah. Like, popping thousands of J-Box or clamp this on here. Clamp this on here. Clamp this on here. But you see, right. if I got a clamp one, though, then I would now be taking three flukes everywhere I go. Because uh, I just have to yeah. have the the thermal camera one because i'll need you, it. it i need it you you have this sunk cost fallacy with the <laughs> <laughs> your giant heat camera one so you've now increased your to fit the tool that you spent too much money on that you don't use enough it's so now dumb. you've invested in making it easier to take it places but then have to pay an overweight bag fee for everywhere you go so like, i can take you're gonna <laughs> get to you're going to offset the cost of this ridiculous meter to justify its existence it's kind like, of a it's a dumb product too like I don't, you bought it <laughs> I, it's cool but it, is, it's it, is, it is so cool like yeah. it doesn't give you data that you're like really worried about but like mm-hmm. yeah, i mean live thermal imaging is pretty and it's attached it's to a cool. multimeter like <sighs> right but how many times have you had it set up to do the thermal imaging that we've been using it at the shop and then you end up going to get your other meter to actually meter something i mean all the time wait can you often, vi- can often. you visually meter the voltage that would be super cool and kind of trippy yeah. but no it's just uh temperature <laughs> Oh, okay. I've never seen you use it in meter mode is what I'm getting at. Oh, I've mm. used it in meter mode at my desk when I need like five of them. So I'll like, take those two. I'll steal Gareth's and I'll take the shop one. Oh, also in the cool fluke accessories world is the um, the hanging magnet strap. Yeah. You got to get the. Oh, oh yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, the hanging magnet strap is so like you pop a cabinet open and you just immediately like slap it up and you're not like yeah. looking for a place to balance or you know whatever. Yeah. It's just unfortunately we started making a bunch of our machines aluminum and that also becomes a pain in the ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's true. <laughs> is this fastener <laughs> ferrous enough? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The enclosures like are usually pretty and... good. Yeah, the enclosures are usually steel, so that's usually pretty decent. And but... there's usually conduit somewhere. I'm about uh-huh. to spend at least six hundred dollars on more tools. Nice. <laughs> yeah. What's in the cart? What's in the cart? Uh, so I got I got the combo. Uh, oh. was it one seventeen? Yep. Three twenty three kit. Yep. Uh, I got the hanging strap, mm-hmm. and there's another set of accessories which I'm TBD on which one. Uh-huh. It's gonna be obviously gonna have the the fine pins. Yep. And then I'm debating. Well, it's gonna this is gonna put me more closer to eight hundred dollars. Is the which Weha set? because uh, I've never gone. I've been yeah. I've been in on the Weiras, and I've been waiting mm-hmm. on the Weha's. I don't know why. I could, yeah. I mean, I would say if you're going down the drive lock world, you can probably get away with the Allen keys and then the Phillips and flatheads and not do the full one with mm. the nut drivers. Because especially if you have a sockets. tool check, you'll have yeah. the little mini sockets for most of those sizes. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Is it the the drive lock six has 15 yeah, pieces? I think it works like six. just the. Yeah, it's the it's like the the, the red line black case, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, because I, I usually end up taking most of the the bits I need out of that red case, and I bought one of their like green roll ups that's a little oh. slimmer, uh-huh. and then I just throw that uh, in my case, and then only when I'm doing like a gig where I know I'm gonna pop a bunch of pecker heads on motors and stuff. Do you bring yours? Yeah, the full nut driver set. Well, I mean, but for that, really, you just need a seven and an eight. Yeah, mm-hmm. to do a for that. Isn't it a six to, sometimes? Or no? no, I mean the SCWs are seven and eight, eight on the outside, seven on the inside. I believe. I think that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. and then the nuts on the on the terminals are eight. I think seven. Mm-hmm. Those are seven. Okay. Yeah, outside is the eight, and then yeah. the inside ones are seven. Got it. Because I leave because I have a a nut driver. I leave a seven and an eight in the top of my toolbox for the SCW pecker heads, and then I also leave a number eight on a the attachment for my uh, drill so i can take it off mm-hmm. because that's right. the one always ready for action always ready yeah <laughs> you know what i really want to get is some more of the nipex uh they've got a bunch of cool like either like pliers or like they've got those yeah. nicer like kind of hybrid crescent wrench situations like the, every time the i pliers, hold a nip the wrench mm-hmm. pliers the, i have one i have a i have a pair yeah. of those where it's like the cobras but it's flat instead so you can use them on uh, cord grips yeah i have the like cobalt equivalent of that uh-huh. uh that uh you know funny enough my dad bought me while i was in college he was like oh you said you're using a bunch of crescent wrenches all the time because i was like you know just telling tell him roughly what i did and he bought uh-huh. me these cobalt ones uh-huh. and at the time i was like geez dad these are so lame <laughs> i could never use these and then i immediately was like oh no he was totally right they're badass uh but because you know they kind of you squeeze them and it just sets the crescent depth yeah. for you already and then they're not like super grooved so you can do them on cord grips yeah um so i have the like you know lowe's version mm-hmm. uh but then every time i pick up somebody's nipexes i'm like ooh, <laughs> so nice, nice. <laughs> they got that really nice little um like button the button to like yeah. set the set adjustment the on is like yeah. that little spring yeah it's a good button it's, it's not, not just no grooves it's, it's like machined flats yeah yeah it's precision yeah. wrenching with your pliers 
I want to get one of the uh, the Pandawit wire strippers. Oh, those are sweet. They're very nice. Yeah. Do we have like what one or two of them? I here? think the shop has two, and then but I also think the Wago ones are oh, the Pandawit. Oh, they're just like they're just white, like white labeled. Okay. I think. Yeah. Because they look identical. Identical. But they're very nice. Yeah. I have the essentially the same with a slightly different body style that not from Panduit. It's white labeled for someone else. I forget who. Um, but yeah, they're starting to get a little dull. And I'm like, I know these cost so much. I don't want. You could probably just replace the blades, buy. though. Yeah. 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 I just did that on my Nipex ones. And I was like, oh, it's night and day. Mm hmm. Yeah. You know what we've. uh gotta throw away that is currently at the shop is mm. some budget form of feral crimper was acquired and they crimp to like almost like a octagon i know which ones you're <laughs> talking about and they don't yeah. crimp as tight and they don't fit into any oh, terminals <laughs> they're terrible if you, i think i've grabbed them and tried to put something into like a brake rectifier before and those are pretty tight, tight. even when you get the feral right yeah. and it's impossible when you get the octagon one <laughs> yeah yep you just we just gotta get in there and just chuck those bad boys because they in on paper you're like of course it's not square this is clearly going to be better in reality uh, that is it's really terrible although i will say on the on the realm of budget tools that are actually decent i feel like everyone's gotten everyone in the shop hat now has the nico case not nico case the singer but the case <laughs> of the hex drive set uh off amazon that it's like dirt cheap that's your uh oh the like blue the socket to hex uh yeah drivers and it's like those things are fucking great like i still have all the pieces from mm -hmm. mine about years ago and it's like they they hold mm. up in in spite of impact driving i have sheared two of them so i might have gotten a bad <laughs> a bad batch you gave it one too many ugadugas <laughs> yeah <laughs> I just, and they get sharp very quickly oh. uh, <laughs> when you shear off the Allen end. I can't imagine uh, why. Yeah. You know what I really also want to buy in the world of expensive mm -hmm. uh, tools is a new uh, Wago Vario crimp. Oh, yeah. The feral crimpers. Yeah. We've yeah. got the, we've got some uh, in the shop and they're the nicey nice. Yes. Yeah. I have a very old set that uh, I found in the garbage. <laughs> um, that you resurrected that i was like oh whatever uh just use them they don't spring back open uh-huh so i crimp and then i like manually have to open them back up <laughs> you got two hands for that pop open <laughs> yeah for the price of free 99 uh it's well worth I went it for it well worth it yeah but yeah the new ones are like 300 bucks so yeah haven't <laughs> uh haven't gone that path oh i guess other other tool expenditures just the full gear wrench set obviously I mean, I think everyone's got that just floating in the background there. Yeah, I mean, if you're a real big baller, if you're a real boss hoss, you go for the Joker. Yeah, um, the weird. Yeah, I have the Imperial Joker. Yeah, yeah, that's what I got. That I bring everywhere and never use. Yeah, <laughs> you don't do it too much mechanical. I'm not <laughs> usually, uh, but just not a real case. wrench turner. Yeah, <laughs> that's when I'm on site doing a thing. It's uh, involves the. Uh, opening the stage hand with a spotlight mini opening tool more <laughs> mm -hmm. so than the uh, jokers right yeah going on site with christian is nice now because he brings his giant toolkit and then <laughs> he's got anything you don't need 
Yeah. He's got the nicest, the nicest of the nice. Like, even when I'm at the shop, I'm like, oh, I need some calipers. And then it's for something unimportant. Just like, a, I need a rough size on this hole. Uh-huh. And then I go to Christian and I borrow his very fancy. Uh, well, now we got a gauge pin set. I do now have a gauge pin set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, for those very tiny so holes you don't as even, well. You don't need to be an animal using calipers on the idea of a hole. You can, you can gauge pin it. Yeah. If you're doing, like, circuit board size stuff. The uh, the other I think it it's maybe number six on the on the list because yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's kind of specific, but the super long screwdrivers. Uh, I have oh, a, you the need... Klein, the super long <laughs> a Phillips, and a super oh. long flathead. Like if you're using a Spotline V1, and you need to open the limits, or you need to uh, detach or reattach a VFD. Yeah. Oh right, mm. yeah, it's true. Pretty much any of those top corner screws. Yeah, so it's it's very so it doesn't quite make the top five, but it is like number six, number seven. The, yeah. There, the thereabouts. Super yeah. long ones. It's like the ones that's going to dictate the size of your pack. Like you need to at least fit this yeah. long ass tool. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. The drive lock when you extend them all the way out just mm-hmm. does it. Like on the last just. click. The f- yeah, five on the last click or the spot line. The drive, yeah, the drive, yeah, yeah, yeah it doesn't do the spot line, so it wouldn't do bigger than a five, then though. No, 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 Mm-mm. yeah, yeah, that's why we just redesigned the spot line because I don't want to bring that screwdriver anywhere. So, <laughs> <laughs> so just, if you got to set that limit, you just you chuck the whole thing, get the new spot line in there. That's <laughs> that's the easiest answer. That's my that's my recommendation. Burn it down, start over, yeah, or just never put the covers on all these solutions <laughs> well no i mean on the you still kind of need them to set it the top of the spotlight one i think you can you i think you can use a regular size screwdriver once you have the lid off you don't need the super mm-hmm. long one yeah yeah i mean and you can also use a, a normal size screwdriver Wait, you just need a flat like a the, tiny flat yeah yeah you just gotta be you need to be delicate dainty little way. hands yeah. yeah but yeah i feel like that's the uh those are the important tools that uh your top five your yeah. Top six-ish kind of tools. Yeah. And I just can't stress this enough. You do not need a thermal flute. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter what Christian says to you or to himself at night when he's looking at his bank account. <laughs> you don't need it. <laughs> or his stock and fluke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's all a paid advertisement. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I actually have two thermal cameras, like a, a thermal thermal cam, nice. like an actual honest to god just thermal camera. Well, the first one was looking really lonely, so you needed to so buy it a friend. Needed a friend, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I have never taken the actual camera camera one anywhere, but the multimeter camera one, I just have to have it everywhere. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you actually, yeah. I was envisioning the 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 thermal camera, the the, the camera, camera camera one. one. Yeah, and I was like, Jesus, <laughs> why are you putting that everywhere? That's in like its own. That has its own like Pelican like ammo case, like two ammo cases stacked on top of each other. Yeah, I figured of, uh, you were yeah. nesting cases. Yeah. It was a Russian <laughs> dolls situation of flukes. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. Uh, yeah, that was tool talk. Thanks for. Uh, listening uh or not or not i mean <laughs> if you're still if you here, made it this far if you made it this far right in tell us what your top five are uh tools are uh we'd love to hear and uh yeah well that's it for us we'll catch you next time on circuiting gear
Bye.